All right, welcome in to another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by the Visual Identity Vault. The Visual Identity Vault is the official merchandise supplier of the greatest people you've never met. You can pick up the basics like t-shirts, hoodies, and headwear and premium wear. The Visual Identity Vault is a full-service decorated apparel and marketing business located in my hometown of Fairmont, Minnesota. Shipping is included in all pricing, so they make it simple to order, pay, they'll produce, and ship. TVIV, a proud sponsor of the greatest people you've never met podcast. Joining us today, the man, the myth, the legend, my high school head coach, great mentor to my life, Mr. Matt Bones Mahoney. Bones, what's going on? Hey, it's good to be here, Ben. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's fun. Uh, I'm glad we could get you on here. I uh, don't want to razz you too much, but we got some stories to bring up. But um, first, I mean, obviously I introduced you to the world, but uh, give yourself a quick introduction on who is Bones. Yeah, so uh, Bones Mahoney, um, I'm a Fairmont grad, uh, graduated in 1999, um, got my undergrad at uh, Minnesota State Mankato. Um, right after I, uh, I graduated, I actually had an opportunity to um, um, get a long-term uh, subbing job in Fairmont um, for Ms. Junkemeyer, and um, I believe that was your class, Ben. Yes, um, it was. Your seventh grade, Yeah. Um, and it kind of changed everything for me, to be honest with you. I, you know, your class was, was, was by far and still is my favorite class to come through here. And it's not like, you know, and I think it's part of it is because you guys were my first class. And then I had you again in ninth grade. And then I, um, I took over as a head football job as when you were sophomores. So um, I, I kind of had a lot of growing up to do with not, not, you know, helping you guys grow up, but you guys helped me grow up too. So, um, so I did that um, in the early 2000s and, um, got the head football job, um, in the spring of, uh, 2007, um, just finished my 16th year here, um, at Fairmont. Um, also currently in my 11th year now as the activities director at Fairmont. So I'm kind of doing what I love and, um, just glad to be on the show with you today. Yeah. Thank you so much. When you say those numbers of how long you've been there, I don't know if it makes me feel old, but I'm sure it makes you feel <laughs> old because 16 yeah, years ago, you. man, that's. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday you walking in and obviously we're like, who is Mr. Mahoney? But, you know, we knew the football field and like, who is this guy? And I know what we were. I mean, uh, you know, we were kind of some assholes, but for some reason you loved all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? There was there was a lot of you guys in there that, you know, I mean, just there's a lot of guys in that grade that were just good people, you know, and, and you know, don't get me wrong. You know, you guys were a special, special place, but I think the girls in your grade were more athletic than you boys were by far, so, by far. Yes, by far. But, um, no, it was, it was a good class. Um, you know, I just remember, you know, teaching seventh grade health and I never, you know, stepped foot in a classroom teaching before prior to that. And, um, you guys were great to, to work with. And, you know, like I said, you guys did more teaching for me than I did of you guys, I think. And um, it was just, it was a good experience. Yeah. No, it was, it was a blast. And um, I remember, I mean, we will go through it all, but just so many long talks and, and it's, it's special for, you know, me to have you on here today, because especially when I talk to people and, you know, I tell them, yeah, I still text bones every game day. Good luck. You know, 
not a lot of people have that connection with their high school football head coach. No. And I'm so thankful that I do. And, and the guys that I played with do, and, um, you just, you really made a big impact on us. So, uh, kudos to you. And, you know, if you ever doubt yourself, you can, you can look back at the class of 2010 yeah. and at least you made an impression on this, you know, group of goofballs. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, and you know, after some big wins, you know, my phone blows up, but <laughs> You know, I can count on Ben Sam texting me when we're playing Laverne or New Home. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, it always brings a smile to my face getting that text. So I really appreciate that. So Absolutely. thanks for doing that, man. Absolutely. No, it's been a, a joy to to follow, you know, from afar, especially out here now. And what you've done with the program is so incredible. And, um, you know, you're the reason that I wanted to be a coach. If we didn't have the high school coaches we had, I never, I would never would have got into it. You know, obviously you, Trado, Becker, Thompson, Johnson, Souk, all those guys, they made such an impression on us. Clay Emler, I don't want to leave anybody out. You know, it's just, we had such a good group of dudes that in our most impressionable state in life, uh, you know, just it's, it, I feel so lucky and I hope everybody else does. Cause I know that it's not the same everywhere. So I want to thank you for that. Yeah, you know, and and that's half the reason why I'm I, I am where I am right now is because of those coaches, you know. And um, you know, I got a guy like Gary Anderson that would, you know, he'd pull out the, the dummy bag, he'd pull out the Gatorade. You know, Brad Johnson has all the filming equipment. You know, Trado's got his shoes tied and shirt tucked <laughs> in, and looks ready to rock and roll and run a marathon. You know, um, but has every single offensive play, you know, that he can snap out just like this and. Um, you know, when I first started um, with a lot of these guys, um, when you guys would have been in the in the locker room changing, you know, we were out throwing balls on the on the field. You know, me, Souk, and and Thompson, especially us three, and you know, Souk would try to guard me, um, and Thompson would throw it as far as he can. And I mean, that's what it's all about. And you know, we were we were growing ups at that time, but at the same time, man, we were just out there having fun and you know, still coaching and playing in the game that we. That we love as well. Absolutely. No, it was, it was a blast and I learned so much and, you know, getting my own program once and now being down here and interviewing for jobs to get back into it. It's been a blast. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for that and giving us that passion. And uh, so I guess I kind of want to start at the beginning. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, coaches, Grandpa is a legend in the state of Minnesota, started the prep bowl, the fields named after your grandpa, you know, Mahoney field, you live in that legacy. So go back to the, the spring of 2007. Cause I know what it was like when I was going through interviews, you know, to get, to get my own program. And I'm sure it's a little different for you being here, but then also, you know, with the name on the field and how, I mean, what was that, what was that time of life like for you? You know, it was, um, it was, you know, I, I remember going to college and kind of telling him that I wanted to be a high school coach and, you know, I wanted to go be a fi ed teacher. And, and I still remember sitting around the table. He's like, you know, Matt, you're probably, you know, it's tough getting teaching jobs. And, um, you know, I don't know if, if you need to try, you know, go social studies, you know, even at that time, I remember him talking about, you know, you should go and be a shop teacher. You know, they're always looking for people um, doing that. And, kind of amazing how you know about 20 years later it's the opposite you know anybody that with a teaching license now can basically get a job anywhere they want to um but i remember sitting around that table specifically you know and that was prior to me getting the job of course but um he always had the right thing to say at the right time if that makes sense um when i went to interview um in 2007 
Um, he had a he had a small piece of it. Um, Troy Cody had a had a, a small piece to it. He was the former head coach, and he was really trying to get me the job. And um, you know, we kind of sat down and and looked at things. And you know, you got to talk about this. You got to lay out your offense, your defense, your special teams. But more importantly, you got to be yourself um, and how you're going to coach and, and and be. And the thing that I've learned the most um, over the last 16 years is. You can't be somebody else. You know, you got to be yourself at the end of the day. And um, my grandpa, he always talked about being loyal to people. And um, I think that's one thing that has stood with me for a long time is you have to be loyal to your assistant coaches. You have to be loyal to your bus drivers, to the, the cooks, to the secretaries, to the maintenance guys. You, you just you got to take care of those people and, and, and support them just like they're going to support you. And, um, you know, back in 2007, um, you know, I don't remember a whole lot of it. I think there was me and another guy um, th that interviewed for the job. And um, I remember going in, you know, nervous as all can be. And um, I get done with the interview and, you know, I went home and I'm like, God, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. And um, about eight o'clock that night, Randy Soma showed up at my house and offered me the job. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, I remember that time. It was weird. And, um, you know, Actually, you know, I know Coach Cody listens to this. He he's never afraid to send a text and say, "Hey, you know, that was a good one." So uh, when you're listening, TC, uh, shout out to you. But you know, he left right after my freshman year that spring. I'll never forget yep. that in the gym. And I mean, the cards were rolling high. And I don't think you know, as a player, we didn't know what was going on. But I remembered you always opening the weight room, especially for there was probably 20 of us in my class that you opened that weight yep. room for every Monday or every morning at six. And we were yep. always there. And uh, I remember you talking to us about it. And you were you kind of were hesitant. And I remember distinctively, because my brain works like that, you saying, oh, I don't know if I'll get it. I'll be like, well, your grandpa's name's on the field. It's your last name. <laughs> and I think I said, yeah. the headline of the Sentinel is going to say, Mahoney takes over grandpa's legacy or whatever. And I think it was pretty close to that is what Charlie wrote, too. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it was, it was cool. And we were so excited because – you know, it was, it was just you and we were, we were so tight with you. And I don't think that could have turned out any better for us and the program and the community. But now you're, I mean, that was 2008 was your first year. What was that Worthington game like knowing that you're the guy that first night? Oh, you know, I wish I could go back to that night. Cause you know, I'd like to think of how many mistakes I made, you yeah. know what I mean? Like going in and nervous and, you know, at that time, I was only 26 years old. Um, and of course, you know, I coached at Mankato State for three years and um, I, I coached at St. James for a year. And then I worked for with Troy for two years. Um, and I don't think you're ever ready for any any situation in your life until you get thrown into the fire. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I remember going into that game and, you know, the previous year, we lost a lot of really good athletes. And then uh, my first year, I think we only had maybe seven or eight seniors out. Yep. Um, it was just kind of a down year, down class. And, um, you know, to those guys' credit, man, they they grinded all summer long and uh, found a way to get a victory, man. And it was, I think it was 14-13 over Worthington and kind of a special night, you know. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, first play of the game, a Duamot punched. Cody Vanoss in the side of the helmet and got kicked out on the very first play. And we're like, that's huge. I mean, he was fast and he was good. And that was a yeah, big part of that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll never forget that. And rolling through that season. I mean, one thing I did want to ask because it sticks out with me a lot and it took a lot of guts um, for you guys to do it, but we were running the wing T to start because we were small yep. and we were fast. And I remember that. Yep. I remember, I think blue earth ran it for a while. 
Um, and I remember yep. you gave us a bunch of tape and we watched a lot of Blue Earth film, like to try to learn that. And, yep. um, you know, I think it was probably going into week four, going up to New Ulm when we scrapped yep. the whole deal and we went yep. back to I. And I think, yep. pretty sure the very first play of the game, Paul Mallory went like 82 yards to the crib on touchdown dive. <laughs> right? Yep. Um, yep. I mean, what was that process like? Because that can't be an easy thing. I mean, especially like you said, I mean, I know what it's like to go through it and try to change stuff. But, I mean, it was literally like we came in on Monday and you guys were like, forget the wing tee ever happened. We're back to the eye that you guys know. Yeah. You know, it was kind of one of those odd deals. Um, you know, when I was at Mankato, um, I, we were a spread team then. And, and that's kind of what I like. You know, that's kind of what I started to learn, kind of got into this stuff. Stuff, really like that stuff. Um, I went to St. James and um, my year that I was there, you probably would have been, that would have been your seventh grade year. Okay. Um, because after I student taught, I came, I came to Fairmont. And um, so we, so Brad ran the wing tee there and it was good. Um, but after we graduated, um, what we graduated and, you know, after the 2006 season, I want to say, um, you know, we were looking at okay, what, what, what's our strengths? What's our weaknesses? And, and I remember Troy giving me this book um, and it was called like the toss. I think that was kind of like the formation. It was kind of more of the toss um, formation where you had two tight ends, two wings and a fullback and you brought them in motion. I think we Liz and ripped them and we tossed them and run wide or come back with an inside handoff, trap, dive, all that jazz. Um, and that's kind of what we were, that was our plan. So when we went to clinics, that's what we were prepping for as a staff, you know, for the following year. And, you know, we, we got so far into it that, that I kind of started to, to buy into it, you know, yeah. kind of liked it a little bit. And, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't who we were. It wasn't what, you know, what our program is about, you know, right. and we knew, you know, after about the third week that this wasn't right. And we thought, you know what, we can beat New all. And, um, you know, back then we used to have staff meetings on Sunday nights at my house. And um, I remember everybody coming in and I think I was talking and maybe trade all prior to that. And I said, Hey, let's, let's, let's scrap it. And he was, and everybody was like, yes, 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 yes. Let's go back to what we know. Yeah. And uh, we went back to it and, you know, sure enough, we were able to, to, to catch new Ulm off guard and, and get another victory. Cause we didn't get very many of that first year. And um, to get a victory that night was special. Yeah, no, it was, it was a blast. I mean, week two is out and I mean, that was an odd year. My sophomore and junior year, we played those South Dakota teams, Lennox and West yep. central. And week two was, I mean, I, we didn't, we didn't get demolished by Lennox. We kind of fought with them. There was, but it was just an odd feeling to be like, I mean, for us, like we're playing a team from South Dakota. We're in South Dakota. It was just an odd deal. And then, I mean, yep. 72 to 12, it's the game that everybody likes to laugh about. But, I mean, those guys were nationally yep. ranked at West Central when we played them. Uh, I played with a couple of those guys at Dakota Wesleyan, and they laughed about it. It's like, yeah, well, we had seven seniors. So, we we, we yeah. were pretty tough. And those, I think their running back was, like, on the cover of Sports Illustrated the week before or something. Like, you know, I just remember all those things. And I couldn't imagine being a first-year head coach and having to deal with something like that because, I mean, that – I know, I mean, I had a couple of those nights. I played Cleveland week two or three, same thing, and they were ranked top yep. in the state, and we got slacked, like 78 rip. And it was like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing here? But I can't imagine what those, what that night was like and then to just say, screw it, we're going to the eye, and there it was. It was perfect. Yep, yep. yep. You know, I think anything in life, you know, I, I just go back to that first year of, 
you know, how many mistakes we made. And, but the biggest thing, and, and, and you know, this firsthand, I mean, you make mistakes in life. That's, that's normal. I mean, we yeah. make mistakes. We probably made a mistake today and, you know, we learned a lot from that first year of what we can do, what we can't do. And um, after those first three weeks, I want to say going into that, that new Ulm game, um, you know, we knew that we had to change something yep. and um, that would give us a better shot. And so we went back to what we knew. And, you know, at that time, though, we also had two stud receivers. We had Martin Tal and Brennan Holm. Yep. Um, you know, we had a good we had a good tight end. We had a good fullback. And, um, and so we said, you know what, let's go back to, to what we know and and let's go back to the affirmation and sure we did yeah no it was a blast and i mean the things you went through bone your your first year i mean obviously the homecoming week right we'll just leave it at that and that was yeah wild right i mean how we had no business beating saint james that night either and we did thank god but i mean it was just that was some of the craziest stuff and to look back on it really now for the first time as i'm talking through it with you i mean you you held you held us together. I mean the wristbands. You remember those adversity? Just bring it right. Like oh yeah, you yep. you would have never yep. known that we were dealing with like the real shitter of the shit kind of stuff happening, right? Like yeah, it, we were we we were in the thick of it. Yes, we were in the thick of it. You know, I remember going up to um, St. Peter that night, and it was raining cats and dogs, and I was out on the field walking around and um um somebody came out and said, Hey, are you Matt Mahoney? I said, yep. He's like, all right, Hey, you need to come down with me into the principal's office. I'm like, what? The principal's office. What am I, what, what's going on here? Just got off the bus 15 minutes ago. And I remember going down there and, um, I was sitting in the, in the office there. And I want to say their AD head football coach principal was in there. I'm like, God, what did I do? You know? Right. And, um, <clears throat> um, I walk in there and on the phone was Lynn Mansky, our principal, Butch Hanson, our superintendent, and Randy Sommer, our AD at the time. I'm like, oh my God. And um, and you know, we had ended up having like a staff breakout. And I remember coming home on the bus because we had to shut up, shut down the game. And um, we get on the bus, we come home, and I think we had to like put everybody in the bleachers, kind of explain what was happening. And I don't think everybody could go in the locker room. And then uh, we came back the next day and had to play that on that Saturday. And it was still wet and crappy out, but I think everybody had to do like a skin check mm-hmm. before they could, you know, before they could even get on the bus. And, you know, God, it was just, it was just, you know, that's what made us better though. You know, I mean, you look oh, yeah. back at your junior year and your senior year, I mean, those tough times, I think that we weathered and, you know, I don't think anybody on our staff ever got, you know, overly disappointed or mad or like, you know, nobody quit on anybody and we just kind of found a way to, 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 to gut through it. Yeah. Um, and you know, we had a shot to beat bell Plain and the playoffs, they, they blocked a punt there in the fourth quarter with about four minutes to go. And, um, they ended up going in and scoring, but you know, if we, if I think if we get that punt off, we probably win that game and then probably lose the next round, but we got another win. Right. So, yeah, that uh, 08 season or I guess 07 season, 08 class, that was, I mean, just absolutely incredible ups and downs. And, I mean, a lot of the sophomores yeah. started. And it was, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right because, I mean, not that we sit around with the yearbook open when we're together, but we share those stories and we laugh about those things. And that's one of those things we talk about all the time is going to St. Peter because as much as you didn't know what was going on, you had – 60 to 70 uh 14 to 17 year olds sitting in a locker room having no clue what's going on and then all of a sudden it's oh, like right. it's seven o'clock and why aren't we on the feet you know it's just so wild yeah. and 
Yeah, I yeah. nobody knew, and I think that was MEA break too. So then we had to go back the it next was. day, and it's just nuts. Yep. You're absolutely right. That was wild times, and yeah, it, I mean it was it was fun to to go through the program and be there, and uh, you know to see what where you're at today. And I don't know, you maybe have the number, you know how many guys have at least had the chance to play college football for a minute, but. I mean, you've done yeah. so well and been so successful. I mean, now you. I mean, this Saturday you got a kid that's that's dressing to play in the national championship game or on Sunday. I mean, it, it's pretty wild, right, to see where where it's yeah. gone. It's, it's amazing, and you just you just you, you never know, you know. And um, and I don't I don't have a number of how many kids that I think have gone on and played, um, whether it was one year or four years or anything like that. Um, I think the one thing that probably is an advantage here at Fairmont um, and you, you've, you got to witness it is, you know, we get to kids in Fairmont, they get to do a lot of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they get to play all kinds of sports. You know, they get to be in the band, the choir, the orchestra, the musical. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff for these kids to be a part of. And um, not that it takes away from, you know, what they want to do next in life. Um, but I think it, you know, it maybe hinders and, and hurts them a little bit that they're in so many things and doing so much that, you know, maybe college football isn't quite ready for them. Um, but on the flip side, some of the ones that have gone on and, and, and done very well, um, you know, I, I was thinking the same thing that you were, you know, we had um, Zach Jorgensen, you know, he was out in um, Yankee Stadium yeah. dressing with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And I'm like, God, you know, how, how special is that? And Hudson Arts is now, um, you know, down at Frisco, probably practicing as we speak, um, getting ready for his national championship game. And, you know, who knows what fifth or sixth or seventh grader that's walking our halls right now will, will be the next, you know, kid to, to make it. So um, it's just, it's, it's been fun, a lot of good kids and, you know, hopefully we get some more to the next level. Yeah, no, it's been cool to see those guys success and, and just to follow on. And like, I mean, what, two weeks ago, Fairmont, Minnesota just had a guy named head coach in the NFL and, um, I just had Ross Bernstein on last week and, um, you know, to, to see all those, it's, it's crazy. Cause when you grow up in Fairmont, which you did, and a lot of people listening to this pod did, you kind of feel like there's nothing there for me and it's just little old Fairmont. And then you kind of grow up and you realize like, I can do anything. I can be anybody from here. And it's a, it's a great place to grow up and sure there's trouble if you want to go find it. And, but to see those people, I mean, especially like Jerry Rossberg last week, I'm sure that you take some extra pride in that. And I mean, what is that like to, to just see those people and, and hear those stories? And I think he came back to practice or to Cardinal camp a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, so Jerry, I think I've talked to him a handful of times. I remember when just growing up in high school, you know, I remember my grandpa talking about, about Jerry and, um, you know, I was probably, you know, maybe a senior or even, you know, a, um, a sophomore maybe in, in college. And I remember getting like a Browns polo. I'm like, what the hell? I'm a Vikings fan. You know, like, why do I have a Cleveland Browns polo? But, but Jerry Rosberg sent him, you know, a, a polo and he didn't want it. So he gave it to me, it didn't fit or whatever. So, so I took it, but um, you know, that's kind of where it started. You know, he was at the Browns, Notre Dame, and then he went to the Ravens and had a heck of a career. Um, and then he retired and then he kind of came back out to be the special assistant and then ends up getting hired here for the last two weeks. And, you know, so proud of him. So proud of our town, Fairmont. And, um, you know, Jerry came to, I think it was maybe our, um, it was our, a Jackson scrimmage um, preseason. I think he was home for a class reunion, uh, maybe just after he got done with the Ravens. And um, he came out and was kind of standing on the fence line. And then after the game, he, him and I chatted for about 20 minutes and, you know, just 
20 minutes of like yes sir listening you know listening yep. to everything that he has to say and um pretty cool deal and you know and it's kind of it's kind of the same with the jacks you know the jacks were playing down for national championship and not many people know that mike daly um played for my grandpa and mike went on to coach at wisconsin but then he took over as the head coach at south dakota state um and then stig took over so um you know when i was you know, in the early nineties, I was going out and watching, you know, South Dakota state play. And, you know, I remember meeting Stig when I was, you know, an eighth, ninth grader in, in high school. And so to see him now coaching the, in the national championship and what he's done at South Dakota state's been awesome, you know, and we still go out to team camp there every year. And so we got a little bit of investment into their program as well. Yeah, no, so. it's, it's, it is cool. I mean, there's always, I mean, it's just a, it, it's a small town pride, right? It's probably the same in every small town across America. Anytime somebody enjoys success, I think the whole town does. And, um, you know, talking to Ross last week, like that, that, that he's always felt that like, you know, people from Fairmont are always happy to reach out. And I know he just, you know, spoke at the school and all that. And it's cool to, for the kids to see too, you know, somebody that is doing something that they're interested in, right? Like not everybody from Fairmont's going to be a, a farmer or a nurse. They like there's other things and other outlets. So it's so cool for people to see that. And I think, I mean, it's a big point of pride for all of us. So. Absolutely. You know, the, the world's a big, big world mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Fairmont is just a small dot in the world. And um, you know, and for a guy that grew up here, graduated from here, was off to college, you know, I was, I was only away from Fairmont for about four or five years. Um, but, you know, I want to retire here. Right. Um, I want to live here the rest of my life. I like all four seasons. For those of you that are listening that don't know much about Fairmont, we got four lakes. Um, it just, it's a beautiful place to, to, you know, raise a family. Now I have three girls. And um, so for those girls to, you know, get to experience the same things that we did, um, it's very good. And, and, and I think it also allows us to, you know, go to the next phase of our life with a good understanding of how the world works as well. Yep. So, cause of all the things that are at our disposal right now. Right. So. Absolutely. Uh, that was one of my questions too, is, I mean, you know, you, you coached us pre family man bones and now, now you have a, a family of your own and what's that transition been like? I mean, you know, I was 24 when I got my head coach job, you were 26 and I, I know what that's like having to grow up, especially now that I've done it. And I know the day I got the job, I called you and we sat down a week later and you brought me this stack of papers and was like, here's everything you'll ever need. And I mean, boy, were you right? But I mean, it, it, yeah. what's that transition like? I mean, just as a person, I mean, I know how dedicated you were to us and to our success. And now there's a family involved. So what's that transition like for you? You know, it's, you know, coaching football, I've, I've, it's been around me. It's been in my blood. I've done it my whole entire life, you know, being a a father of, you know, my oldest is five going on six, you know, I'm still learning, you know, and um, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned, you know, is that you want to be there to support them and you want to be there to, you know, pick them up. And, you know, at the same time, you know, we're we're with Nevaeh, she's my, my five-year-old and, you know, we're working on, you know, counting to a hundred right now and, you know, being able to find the words you and, and, and the, and, and saying those words all out, you know, and, um, you know, she's learning, she's struggling, but I just kind of keep pushing her. And, um, so sometimes I kind of feel like a football coach at home too, you know, yeah. with my, with my three girls and, and, you know, they, I make them pick their stuff up, um, as much as I can get them to pick their stuff up, but that's quite the process as well. But, um, it's good. You know, I, I've been doing this for 16 years. I'm not going to do it for another 15, 16 years. I think everybody says, well, geez, you're going to do it as long as your grandpa. No, I don't. You know, I, I, 
I love my grandpa. I love what he did. And, but I, I, like I said earlier, you know, I, I want to be me. I want to be Matt Mahoney. And um, when my girls get a little bit older, I want to be more influenced in what they're doing, whether it's soccer, cross country. Um, you know, I think two out of my three will probably be gymnasts. Um, so if I have to be a spotter, guess what? I'm going to be the best spotter in the state of Minnesota. Right. Um, but, but, it, but I think, you know, life is too short to, you know, to, to get stuck in some of these things. And, and so I want to make sure that I'm there with my girls as they grow up and, and get to, you know, see them participate and, and break records and, you know, and make as many mistakes as they can and help them, you know, learn from those mistakes and move on. Right. So. And you kind of touched on it, like just being yourself. And I'm sure it's probably not as much now, but when you first started coaching in Fairmont, did you feel a ton of pressure because of who your grandpa was? Was that ever there for you or no? Um, I don't think so. No, I really don't. You know, I, um, I had my first year, um, my grandpa was alive. Um, and so, you know, he, he would always say, God, you know, your, your, your tailback's too far. He's too deep. And you know, you're, 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 you're split between your center and your guard, you know, they're too wide. You got to shorten that out. I mean, like he would give me tips like that and, you know, I'd write the stuff down and, you know, Monday at practice, guess what? We shortened up our splits or we brought our tail back a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't feel the, the pressure, um, of ever kind of replacing him. You know, I think if I just did the best I could and put my heart and soul into it, I think, you know, good things would come and they kind of have. And, um, you know, my father, he was also, you know, he was a, a life, life, lifelong Fairmont resident and took great pride in Cardinal football. And, you know, yeah, hey, Matt, good win, you know, like that. But kind of fit. If I lost the game, man, it was like you got to do this, 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 you know. And so sometimes I think the toughest thing was, you know, going to the family, you know, yeah. meal at the dinner table and having to sit across from them, um, compared to you know not having that support there. So um, I don't think the pressure was 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 really. I did. I never really felt it. Let me put it that way. I, yeah. I kind of felt the opposite. I kind of felt the support of it. Sure. So. Absolutely. No, I get that. And I think, you know, you kind of touched on a lifelong Fairmont resident growing up, you know, there's so many people from Fairmont that still traveled to all your games that went to my games that haven't had a, a kid yep. come through the Fairmont system in forever. And that community support yep. is so wild and so evident, you know, uh, I think of like Rhonda Hines, right? I mean, the boys have been out forever oh, and oh. she, she still does a ton of stuff for you and, you know, puts on the clinic. And I know Deb's still around. I'm sure you guys are trying to push her out of the building, but, um, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's just, it's, yeah. it's a special, it's a special place. And expect, I know like, uh, there's people that were never around the football program that probably don't feel that, but the football program does have a very special spot. In, in Fairmont and it's deeply rooted and, and to be kind of like, you know, yep. there's a lot of success, but it's not like there's a ton of state championship banners. There's none. Right. I mean, so nope. it's, it, nope. but it's nope. just something that everybody's taken pride in. And, um, you know, it's just crazy to kind of look back and, you know, you look, you could probably go through like the captains of your teams, but you know, I think most of the people that come through that program turn out to be pretty good people too. Um, and that's, that's oh, something yeah. special. No, I, yeah, you know, I remember, you know, Coach Simser, um, when he was the head coach, telling us, you know, like when we would go play other schools, you know, Fairmont had more fans on the away side than the home team did on the home side. And, you know, to be honest with you, that hasn't really changed over the years either, you know. And um, again, not because we've we've had some success, but, you know, there's just a lot of people that take 
great pride in watching Fairmont football. And, you know, they, they just got deep roots in the Fairmont and into the football program. And I think it goes back even past my grandpa's um, time where the support has always been there. And um, hopefully that, you know, we keep putting a good product out that it, that it always is there. So, um, you know, and, and, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, we, earlier with with Rhonda and, and and Deb you know I mean they're just you know those two and Rhonda specifically because she's done everything for you know she's been with me my whole time right and um, I hope I can get her for for you know a few more years as I you know when I start to transition out you know I hope that she sticks with me this whole time but you know you talk about getting the pizzas for for the games after you know after a, a road game you know who sets that up? Rhonda Hines does you know she, the spaghetti dinners you know the little things that people don't realize that takes somebody to organize and, and to do that's Rhonda. And, um, you know, we, we have a football association. Now I think we, I don't think we had it when you were in high school. Um, I want to say maybe about my fifth year, I think we ended up getting it. And, you know, we still have the same board members that started when we did it in about, you know, 2000, maybe 12 or 13, we have the same people, you know, we have the same people and the same roles doing the exact same thing. And, um, you know, now we have guys like Clay Emler, Lee Bartz, um, Pooley, um, Tom Seifert, you know, former athletes yep. that are now on the board that are, you know, you know, pushing it and, and trying to, you know, make our, our football program better. And, and if I had to go anywhere, if I, if, if I lost my job and had to go somewhere else or move somewhere else, first thing I would do is I would get a football association started and, you know, I'd go and recruit as many good former athletes that live in that town to be on that board and, and to kick started. And, you know, we've done a very good job financially supporting, you know, kids going to camps and, um, you know, getting good equipment and so on and so forth. So it's been a, it's been a good run. Absolutely. No, it, it, I mean, we're always well taken care of. I mean, we always, I mean, it's just nuts to be at a place, you know, and see, you know, go through high school football as a player and then go and try to emulate that somewhere, especially as close as to where I was coaching and feeling like it's impossible. Right. So yeah. I can't say enough about that community. And, you know, the community aspect is, you know, eventually what chased me away from that. So um, it's yeah. just it's just yeah. totally different. And, um, you know, I'll always be thankful for that. And I think most of us that played, you know, that stuff doesn't go unnoticed. It probably does when you're, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. But then you get older and you're yep. like, man, there's a lot of people that did a lot of stuff for us. Yep. You betcha. And I think that's kind of where I'm at, you know, in my life too. Like, you know, once I'm done, you know, being the head coach here and I can turn around and, you know, whatever program that my daughters get into, you know, I want to be able to give back and help out. And if I have to, you know, serve the milk at the spaghetti suppers, that's what I'm going to do, you know, and clean off the tables. I mean, I got right. a skill set for it. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, we'll, uh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, as the price, as inflation hit the price of spaghetti suppers, are they still two bucks? No, it's, it's it. Yeah. It's it. it uh, you know, we're, we're up to five bucks now, but um, it's kind of a, we, we threw in a wrinkle that if you, I think if, I think if you sell 20 Cardinal cards, you get it free all year. Oh, so, geez. That would have been a nice little wrinkle. Kind of a good gig, yeah. yeah that yeah. is because we sold plenty of cardinal cards. I would have done it even quicker for free spaghetti all year <laughs> instead of having to come up with two bucks every Thursday night. <laughs> um, something else I wanted to talk to you about is I think it's a pretty cool gig. I mean, you get about the best best view in the house for every Gophers football game, and I know that's kind of a legacy thing that you've gotten to to enjoy. And uh, just tell everybody about that because it's another thing that people don't think about and people have to do. And you're one of those people that gets to do that. 
Yeah, you know, it's um, very fortunate of, of, of what I get to do every Saturday morning. Um, and it and you probably don't even know it, but um, when I was 16 years old, um, I was going, I went to the, to the Gopher game. They were playing Syracuse. Um, literally, I was 16 years old. I had a friend. Um, so I had a buddy, myself and my dad, we were sitting in the stands and, you know, we're about 10 minutes to kickoff and, um, and they're playing Syracuse and Donovan McNabb was quarterback at the time. And, um, Tyrone Carter, he was defensive back. And, um, I remember sitting there about 10 minutes before the game starts and, you know, ready to rock and roll. And my grandpa walks over and he was on the sideline doing the chains. And he says, Hey, we need one of you guys to come down and, and help us out. And my, my dad said, I'm not going to do it. And my grandpa looked at me at 16 and says, let's go jump over the fence. So I literally jumped over the thing and they put a vest over me and I was in blue jeans and tennis shoes. And um, I, I literally did the, the, the orange down, you know, pad. Um, and um, what an incredible experience that was at age 16 and, you know, didn't think much of it. And, um, you know, a handful of years later, I was going to go for it. And, and during this whole time, you know, it was every Saturday morning, we'd get up and we drove to the, to the cities and we would go to every, you know, go for a game possible. Um, we'd probably stop at Gustavus or Mankato or hit up a high school game. And, you know, it wasn't just one game. It was like maybe two, if we could squeeze in a third, we'd try and squeeze in that third. Right. And, um, but that's, that's how I, that's how I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different, you know? And um, when my grandpa got to the age that he couldn't do this anymore, he, he told the, the head of the chain gang guy that, Hey, I want my, my grandson to do this. My, my dad didn't want to do it at the time. And um, I was very fortunate though, that my dad ended up working about, you know, maybe four or five games um, throughout the years where they needed a sub. And so he'd hop in and, and help out. But um, yeah, for about the last 20 years now, I, I, I shouldn't say 20 um, Glenn Mason was still the head. I think it was Glenn Mason was, was um, I know Glenn Mason was the head coach and um, the first time I ever did it, it was in the, I did the spring game and I was maybe doing like the, the pad again. And I was kind of, you know, down below and this guy, you know, he goes up, catches the ball, like literally right in front of me and, and, and just like brushes me, like not, no, no big deal. And, and he's coming off the sideline and I'm like, God, that guy is going to be a stud, you know? And a couple of years later, it was Eric Decker that did it. Yeah. And, um, and I remember Eric Decker catching that pass and I didn't know who he was at the time. <clears throat> but it was fun to watch his career. And um, so, so now, you know, I, I've been on the chain gang for a handful of years and um, you know, a majority of the time I do the, like the, the down box on the gopher sideline. And then the second half we switch. And when I first started, um, it, it was kind of like the, the young man's job yeah. was to do that position um, because what they would do is that I had, and this was before replay, even um, you had to stay there in case they had to go back to the previous spot. So I kind of, you know, being the young guy um, and could run, you know, if the ball is on the two yard line going in the score and it's quarter, then, you know, everybody shifts down and I had to wait until the, the official put it into play. And then once he put in the play, then I could leave. Right. You know, and, and times have kind of changed a little bit that, that I'm kind of moving a little bit faster now, but um, I tell you, there's, there's no better environment than a Saturday morning at a big 10 stadium and you got, you know, the Gophers versus the Hawkeyes or the Badgers are in town. Yeah. It's loud. It's crazy. And it's, it's like when you get into those games, you know, you, you are 
you have to get locked in, you know, and you can't, if a big play happens, this or that, you know, you're kind of looking, okay, any flags, any flags, boom, you're gone. Yep. And it, it's hard to take the fan out of you when you're doing that, when you're doing that game, you know, because, you know, you want to jump up and down and scream and yell, but you kind of can't because you're part of the big 10 officiating crew, you know? Right. Um, but I tell you, it's been fun. I've seen a lot of studs come through and some good coaches, you know, I was able to shake um, Joe Paterno's hand um, stood right next to Jim Harbaugh. Um, I shouldn't say all these guys are the greatest mentors, but um, yeah. Urban Meyer. Um, I always, I got mad respect for the guy at um, uh, Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald. Yep. Um, you know, some of the, some of these guys are really quiet, like uh, Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. He's just kind of a quiet, cool dude. Um, you know, PJ is awesome. He's yep. very good on the sideline. Um, give, give him a lot of credit. You know, the language is really good on their sideline. Um, um, Brett Bielema, um, when he was at Wisconsin, he was really good. Um, you know, all these, all these guys, you know, they got all these support staff and the, their coordinators and, you know, they're, they're really just kind of managing that game and making sure that everything goes smooth. And, um, but it's been a fun part of like, for me too, just, you know, watching, you know, these, these guys coach at the next level. Right. Um, you know, I remember when I first took over, um, as the head football job, um, I want to say Tim Brewster was the coach. Yep. And I remember Tim, um, and I wasn't overly a big fan of Tim Brewster, but one thing that I, that I, I still do this day because of him is, um, and I saw him do this, he would walk and he'd shook everybody's hand before the game. And so I still do that to this day because of, I thought that was a cool gesture. Go shake your player's hand before the game. So yeah. I've been able to steal a few things along the way, you know, being on a big 10 sideline and, um, it's been fun. It's been a real, a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's so cool to, I mean, you know, catch a peek of you when I'm watching the Gophers, even from down here. And, um, I do remember, uh, the first time, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you took me to a couple games when you'd have the four tickets and the first time I'll never forget yeah. it. And I hope you remember this story cause it still makes me laugh is, um, it was Richie, uh, Will Hawkins, Scott Hines, and myself, and Justin and Rod actually went to the game, so they actually sat next to us. But we, us four piled in the back seat and the front seat of your little green car, and uh, yeah. and you gave us a $20 bill to go into McDonald's. You said, buy as much you know English muff whatever, sausage McMuffins as you can get with this. And all of us morons bought our own breakfast and then bought <laughs> you 20 sausage McMuffins, and we came out, and you're like, why, why did you guys get your own? I was buying all of you breakfast. And so, I mean, we ate, we ate sausage McMuffins all the way to Minneapolis, but yeah. uh, I'll never forget that one. That was against Indiana. And it was a treat. I mean, it was so much fun to, to see that. And then, I mean, spend that extra time with you. Right. I mean, not a lot of people get to oh, see yeah. your, your head football coach outside of that world. Right. Just that practice yep. and stuff. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I remember we um, got it with maybe my, my second year or something, we were kind of the same deal. I took a group of guys up and, you know, it, it was a night game, I want to say. And, you know, we were coming back and everything was good. We got to about Medelia and, you know, I, somebody said, Hey, I got to take a piss, you know? <laughs> so, okay. So, so we pulled off on the side of the road and, you know, maybe on the off ramp because the gas station was closed. And so we pulled off on the side of the road and, you know, here's four guys peeing on the side of the road at, you know, <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was just like things you just can't make up and things that you don't forget and good memories. And, you oh, know, yeah. we, we did our business, got back in the car and got home, yeah. you know, and that's just, 
kind of a fun fun story. Yeah, no, for sure it is. Um, one thing I don't want to forget to ask, and I brought it up, uh, I had Ross Hawley on, and I'll have him on again here soon. Uh, he played baseball with Jeff Heinrich at Augustana, and he Ross runs a recruiting service now, and uh, it's f- totally free, and it was really cool to learn about, but we just kind of got deep into, you know, what, what sports has taught us, and it's a great conversation, but I brought up the, the man in the, in the glass, and uh, oh yeah, I don't know how many people yeah. remember that, but I'll never forget that. Uh, being 15 years old, your first game, and you're grabbing it right now. And uh, I, I, you know, I remember one that I didn't know if you still carried it uh, around because you had a little card. And uh, there it is. Yep, the guy in the glass. I don't know if you want to. Yep. You want to take take a second for me and read that for me? That's just something special to you me. Betcha. Yep. Yep. So this is something that I do like every, um, you know, I, I probably only do it once a year, um, but I always kind of keep it on me, keep it near me. It doesn't fit in my wallet anymore, but it fits perfect in my cell phone case. So I, um, I keep it. This is something that my grandpa gave to me uh, when I graduated. And now what I do is I turn around and give this to to kids when they graduate, when I go to their, their graduation. Um, I just put a little card in there and their deal and away we go. So it's called the guy in the glass. Here, I'll read it for you. When you get what you want and you struggle for self and you feel like a king for a day, then go to your mirror and look at yourself and see what that guy has to say. For it isn't your father or mother or wife whose judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the guy staring back from the, guy, from the glass. He's the man you must please, never mind all the rest. For he's with you clear to the end and you've passed your most difficult, dangerous test. If the man in the glass is your friend. Like little Jack Horner, you may chisel a plum and think you're a wonderful guy. But the man in the glass is your only above. If you can't look him straight in the eye, you can fool the world down paths of years and get pats on your back as you pass. But your final reward will be heartaches and tears if you cheated the guy in the glass. So, yeah, kind of a kind of a cool deal. Um, you know, kind of something that I just kind of keep with me as a friendly reminder. To, you know, that's how I have to kind of live my life. You know, and being the head football coach, you're kind of on the main stage and you walk down the hallway. They don't call me hey, Mr. Mahoney. It's Hey coach, you know, yep. and um, same with my family life and, you know, kind of everything I do, I try and do it the best of my ability and, you know, something that I can, at the end of the day, look, look at myself in the mirror and the guy's looking back at me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, another Testament to you. Uh, I think the first time I heard that I was 15 years old and uh, sticks with me to this day. And, you know, I've shared it on here and obviously I knew you'd have it close. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. Um, but no, thank you so much for, for sharing that, that it, it, it's such a good message. And it's just one of those things. Like, I don't think if people, that's why sports are my favorite thing in the world. If you, aren't uh, around sports. I mean, you might still be a good person, but there's just so many little things in life that, that add up and stick with you from different people and push you along the way. And that's certainly one of those things. So thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I tell kids all the time, I said, you know what, the one thing that you don't want to have in life is regrets. And, you know, if you can look at yourself in the mirror after a game, a contest, uh, whatever it is, whatever it is, and, and that person is looking back, back at you, you know that you did your best. Even if you might have failed or you didn't win the game or you didn't get what you wanted, as long as you did your best, that's okay. That's yep. part of life, you know. And um, I think that's, you know, I think nowadays that if we don't get what we want, it's a complete failure. And, and you know, which, which is completely wrong. I mean, we're not always going to get what we want in life, but as long as we just keep on going back for more and more and do the best that we can, it'll work out. 
Right. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, well, as we get to winding down here, got a got a couple questions for you. Uh, number yep. one, who's the greatest athlete in Fairmont High School history, and why is it me? And and why is it you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, man. You know you're you're quite the talker, and you know you're just thinking back of of the years that I had with you, man. Geez. You know, you were, you were quite the, you know, probably had the best 40 time. Yep. Um, I think you should have ran the mile and, and track and field. I don't know why you didn't do that. I did the 400. Um, you remember that? You remember me you running know, the 400? I, I, I do. I do. Yeah. 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 You know, you should have been a goalie. That's what you should have done. Should have. You would have, you would have blocked up that whole, that whole uh, net. You I know? know that was, that missed my yeah. calling. Couldn't stand on skates. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, no, no, serious. No, Sorry, go ahead. No, are you asking who is the best one that I've had? Yeah. As far as overall athlete, football player? Yeah, probably probably overall athlete, but we could leave it as a football player. I'll, I'll give you two. Um, you know, I, I think um, probably the guy that, that sticks out as one of the, in my time now at, at Fairmont High School, um, the t- probably the, the guy that sticks out the most is Luke Becker. Yeah. Um, not because he's my brother, not because he's my brother-in-law. Um, but Luke was, was very special because, you know, he, he was, he was good in football. He was good in basketball. He was good in baseball. And, and that class as a whole, um, you know, they went to, they were the first group that I can remember of that went to the state tournament in all three, right. you know, football, basketball, and baseball. And Luke was a big part of it. Um, but Luke also like, you know, and, and, and I, I respect Luke because of this. And I wish more athletes would, would take this route where, you know, Luke would, he would give it as all in football. Okay. And then, you know, he'd go home because I saw it, you know, I go out to, to the, to the family you know, <laughs> yeah. meals at night and um, you know, at six o'clock and, you know, I'm, I'm there eating and, you know, he's doing whatever he has to do. And at eight o'clock he goes out into his barn and takes his cuts, takes his swings. And, you know, he, he, he always had time for what he, what he really wanted to do. You know, he made time for that, but he never let the present get away from him. Right. You know, and I think we have so many kids that want to do so much more. And it's like, no, you're, you're only in high school for a, like this much. Right. And I think he maximized everything that he got out of it. Um, as far as a football player, I think the guy that I just always kind of go back to, and um, I think he was a difference maker. I think this guy, um, and, and it's, it's hard for me to say this out loud just because there's so many guys that are so good and yeah. I coached so many good guys, you know, that have, that are playing in the national championship game and we're at Yankee stadium and, you know, that have gotten, you know, scholarships or didn't get scholarships. Um, you know, you, you think of guys like, you know, Jay Ruin, um, again, Zach Jorgensen, Nate Kallenbach, um, you know, Justin Heinrich, um, no, you know, take goes, that Richie back. I mean, yeah, I'll take Justin back. Okay. Um, but you know, Richie Haycraft, I mean, Richie Haycraft was one of the best running backs Fairmont ever had. Yeah. And he was five, 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 you know, the rabbits. And, yeah. and he was really good. Um, you know, guys like Ben Kine, um, you know, Garrett Meyer and Dustin Schultz, um, you know, lineman, Scotty Hines, you know, um, Corey Brown. I mean, there's just a lot of really good dudes, but I think the one guy that really sticks out to me and is, was, was Adam Schultz. Um, you know, Adam, as a kick returner, you know, his, his senior year, um, you know, he broke his arm and, 
um, we're playing the Blue Earth game, and I can't believe that they kicked him the ball. And, you know, he, he catches it, it bounces off his chest, and he kind of does one of these, and he takes it 70 yards to the house. Um, you know, and from a wide receiver, you know, he was really good at that tunnel screen, and he was a difference maker on both sides of the ball. You know, he ended up getting a ton of interceptions, and um, he was he was a special one. And But I think if I had to pick maybe one, you know, in my time, and I kind of know a little bit of Fairmont football in the history, um, probably the best player, in my opinion, to come out of Fairmont, Jake TG. Yeah. Um, Jake was a fullback linebacker. You know, he back, back then, you know, we ran the wishbone and there was every now and then I got to actually play with Jake and, you know, and I would, I would, you know, you're here and you're kind of like reading that fullback and reading the three tack and kind of riding that fullback. And every time Jake would just take that ball from me, you know, I couldn't even pull it out. Even if he was coming down to on Jake, I, I couldn't pull it out because he was holding on to it so tight, but he was just a tough, he was a tough dude, a tough football player. Um, he was a very good teammate. I was a sophomore at the time. And, you know, he always kind of made you feel welcome, you know, and, and, and part of the program. And, um, but he, he probably goes down as the number one, in my opinion, as the number one yeah. uh, football player. Yeah. I'm glad to hear three names from my class. Yeah. I mean, we talk about Richie all the time. Like when, when we talk about, I mean, especially for us, like, that guy was the heart and soul of our team. And people don't realize he was five foot five, maybe yeah. 120 pounds, yeah. and he never left yeah. the field. He played running back, yep. corner, and returner. And he was, you never yep. heard him talk, but I mean, that was just rich. And <laughs> I mean, that, that's yeah. who he is. And he still is to that day. He's still quiet. I, I had to, he, he came out here with a couple of those guys um, last spring and had a chance to golf with him for the day. And it, same old rich, you know, he's, he just hasn't changed and love him for it. But yeah, it's a, that's a tough list. I didn't want to put you on the spot like that, but I, I had to. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. There's lots of, and there's, you know, that's just it. There's, there's a lot more out there that I haven't even, that I didn't even mention that, right. that needs to be mentioned. Right. So. Um, favorite, favorite game you've been a part of if one sticks out. Um. Yeah. You know, I actually have like, um, like in my office at home, I have like kind of like my top ten list of games. Um, I'll, I'll say one that that you were that was probably I think it was your senior year um, when we played Dassel on that Hell Saturday yeah. afternoon. Yep. Um, I mean that was just um, it was an unbelievable game. You know we we scored on that reverse pass, and you know what was kind of you know back in the old days, um, you know I had to go and and get the DVD. Yep. Um, you know from from Bruce Abbotts, and I, and I remember you know like everybody left, everybody was gone. And, um, I'm leaving the school and, um, from the school down to Bruce Abbott's back to my house, you know, how many kids I saw out in the street or in the yards playing catch with football. Like yeah. that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, we just go and we beat a team to make it to the section final for the first time in forever. And, and then you're, you're driving around and, you know, you're seeing all these kids, maybe a Hudson art or Zach Jorgensen, you know, throwing the football around. Like that's what it's all about, you yeah. know? Um, but no, there's no doubt about it. I think the, the, the favorite game of all time was when we upset Glencoe. Yeah. Um, in 2011, you know, they had a 29 game win streak in the sec, just in the section, you know, they, they had nine section championships and, you know, we were up there your senior year and got kind of destroyed. And, um, the next year we played them in the semifinal game and, um, we, we, we closed that gap. And then our senior year, we found a way to win and, um, the place exploded and, you know, we made a nice run to the state tournament, but, um, I don't know if that game will ever be top just on the, on the significance yeah. of, of that game and um, where we were at. And 
you know, that was the first time that we were, that we gone to state in 2011 since my junior year. Right. So it, it was about, you know, almost 15 years. Yeah. So um, that was, that was a special night. Yeah. that have to be up there. I mean, being close with the Browns, I remember being with Hank and Nate and Sarah watching Benny and, um, that, yeah, I'll never forget that little. I think he ran a little boot pass to Borch down down your sideline, and he was wide open yeah, and kind of a scooted. Wheel out. Yeah, that was. Uh, I I I was hoping you're gonna pull this picture out because it's that's so good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, kind of a. I got it right here in my office. I got it right to that to right of me, and um, kind of just a, a special again, just a special game. Not just not just for me, but for Fairmont in general. I mean, the oh, place yeah. erupted, and then the next you know two weeks three weeks of, you know, getting ready for the state tournament and, and taking our community to the dome for the first time, you know, since about 92 or 93, I think, um, was, was also really special. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. No, that was, uh, it was a blast. There's a ton of memories there and, uh, extremely thankful to have been a part of a lot of them with you, especially at the beginning. And, um, thank you so much, Bones, for doing this with me. Uh, it means a ton that we could share this this hour together. And I uh, hope everybody, especially not just people that played for you, but everybody gets to enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah, I love it, man. I, you know, talking football, talking the history of when it started, and, you know, it's, it kind of brought back some good memories. Um, so keep doing what you're doing, man. This is awesome and, and connecting people. And, yeah. and um, I think this is a, a, a great show. And, um, you know, I'd love to be on it again down the road at some time and Absolutely. talk some more football. Deal. So. I'd, I'd love that. Appreciate you so much. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening at home. Uh, please like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, rate five stars, do all that fun stuff. Be good, everybody.